thank you for your presence that's in this place, God, and we open up our hearts to just receive your word this morning. And Father, I just pray that every word that um, I speak would be what you want me to speak, God. It would just be just you speaking through me. I open up myself and I just give you a, I set myself a vessel for you, God. Just speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking about a refuge and it's been a great series. Have you guys enjoyed our series on refuge? So I want to talk about what it looks like, what I think it looks like for me personally, but I think refuge is peace. And um, from peace, how we get peace is through order. Now, uh, man's structure and God's order are two different things. But God is a God of order. He puts a lot of things in order. If you read the Bible all the way from the Old Testament, New Testament, he set things in order. When he gathered his people, he put leaders, he put structure, he put order to what he had, um, what he wanted for his people. So I want to talk about what that looks like this morning. Um, for me personally, everything starts in our home. The home is, you know, this, there's words, home is where the heart is, and, you know, home is where families raised. Home, that's where everything starts. It starts in our home. And, um, and there's a scripture I want to read in um, 1 Thessalonians. It says, now may the, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. I think that is the order God has for each and every one of us. That's, the, that's his order for our lives, that he would sanctify us spirit, soul, and body. So our spirit is in control. Amen? Um, and I want to talk about what that order and what that control looks like in three areas of our life. The first area I want to talk about is in our covering. The Bible says, Jesus actually says in the book of Matthew, he says, I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. Um, I'm a mama. So I know what it looks like to gather all my babies. I actually count them. We're going someplace, we're in the mall or whatever, to make sure I have all my kids, I count one, two, three, four. And if they look like my kids and I have got four of them, then I know I'm good. But if I'm missing one, I have to, like, figure out which one I'm missing and go find them. So I know what it's like to look and gather my children. But I was thinking about what a hen is, and a hen also gathers but covers with wings. And so Jesus is our covering. He covers us. But he's also called us to an assembly. He's called us to be connected with people. He's called us to be in a covering. Um, A couple weeks ago, I shared on a Wednesday night, and I was reading in the book of Esther, and I was thinking about it. Me and my mom had a conversation a few weeks ago. Even Esther, who was created for such a time as this, needed a covering. No matter what she did, she always asked Mordecai what to do. I mean, read through the whole book of Esther. She literally delivered an entire generation of her people that were set in bondage, but she didn't do it without a covering. So many of us try to go out and do our own thing, do what God says what we're called to do, but we do it without a covering, and God has called us to be covered and connected with the body, with the body of his people. Um, my husband often talks about the body of Christ and how Jesus doesn't want to come home the same way he wouldn't want to come home to his wife cut up in a million pieces all over our house. I mean, it, was, it would devastate him, right? Because he loves me. You guys hear him all the time. He loves me a lot. 
But he would be devastated if his wife was cut up in a million pieces and he came home to her. The same way that Jesus gets his heart breaks when we're not unified as his body. When we're not together, when we're not connected, when we don't bear one another's burdens. I often talk when I, when I, um, when I get to a chance to come up here and minister. I often talk about how we bear with one another our burdens. Because I need you and you need me. We need each other. There's so much that God has done in me through the last, I don't know, maybe five or six years, just having people in my life that I can count on, people in my life that I can confide in, people in my life that I trust. Um, We were talking yesterday with some friends, and I was saying, sometimes it's probably a little bit irritating the way that I just wear my emotions completely outside. Like you will never have to question how I'm feeling. If I'm irritated, you know. If I'm upset, you know. If I'm happy, you know. I mean, I'm, I literally, I'm that kind of person. I wear everything on the outside. But it's because I, I know the value of what it's like to be real. The value of what it's like to be transparent. The value of what it's like when I get to bear with one another. I remember this time in my life when I was really, really going through it. It was about two years ago, maybe less. And um, I was really struggling with something. And it was something that was so personal, I didn't even feel like I could go to my husband. It was one of those things. It was like, I don't know how to, I'm carrying this thing on my heart. And I, I remember sitting down in Dana's chair. She does my hair. It's her ministry, half of it, one of her many. Um, so if you, you like my do and you want to get your hair did, you go see Dana. She changes it about every three or four months and get filled with the Holy Spirit to get ministered to. But, um, but I'm sitting in her chair and she's doing my hair and I'm just like, and she's like, are you okay? And I'm just like, you know, this is heavy on my heart. And, and I just start to kind of open up just a tiny bit. And she says something that like seriously hit me right to the core of my heart. It was something so simple. And I just begin to just cry. And just sitting in, I was just crying because God had lifted that burden because I was able to have a covering of the house of the Lord where there's people in my life that I let pour into me. That is so important in the order of what God has for us that creates peace, that has us in refuge. See, David went to a cave, but his, how many of you know, his brothers, his father, 400 men followed him to the cave. He was not alone in the cave. He's not alone. The place of refuge is not a place of being alone. So the next thing I want to talk about is um, order in our home. And um, if you're single, bear with me because this is what God has for you. So you can just think about the goodness that God has for you when you get married. Um, And if not, um, listen up, husbands and wives. So God has really shown, he's really freed me a lot. You guys, most of you know my testimony. I didn't, I came from a single parent house. Didn't know what it was like to live in a home with a mom and a dad and, and have structure and order the way that it was supposed to. My mom was fulfilling both roles. And so, um, you know, that was not, that was not the easiest thing for her. And, um, I did have examples in my life when I was growing up of what a family should look like, but I would never lived in it. So here I am, I'm 18, I'm married, going to have a baby. And, um, And I was wondering what the heck God did because I was not happy. Like this was not okay. Um, You know, I had, I had just this warped view of what I was supposed to be and what my husband was supposed to be. And through the word and through mentors, God has stripped away a lot of things in me, a lot of pride, a lot of preconceived ideas and taught me what it looked like to have a family in a home with God's order. 
And um, Ephesians 5 um, verses 20 through 22 to 33. I'm not going to read it all for the sake of time and you guys' faces. So um, I'm going to hit a couple verses. Verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So, you know, 10 years ago I read that verse and I'm, you know, um, no. Uh, what does that mean? I'm not a servant. I'm not anybody's slave. You're going to do what I say. I'm a person too. You know, so you have these ideas of what that word even means. And I want to challenge you and say, this is what it means. Submit means to regard and deeply care for, to have reverence and be in awe of. It's so funny that I always say, you always read the scripture says, submit to your own husbands and you stop. But there's these four words that are so significant in that verse, as to the Lord. And I think about how God is good to me, and I think about the way that I respond to him. And though I don't always obey, though I don't always, I feel like sometimes I I could grieve or sometimes I could hurt the Lord, I always have reverence for Almighty God. I always have a deep care and a deep respect for what God has done for me. And it's that same, that same word submission that I give to my husband. It's not this slave master mentality. It's not this, I'm going to do what you say because I have to, I'm going to have to like just come underneath you. No, I lift you up. I love you. I honor you. I respect you and who you are. You know, Zach always says, love somebody for who they are and they'll become who they're supposed to be. Wives, love your husbands for the man that you want them to be, not the man that they are right now. Because every husband has room to grow. So if I love him for who he is now, he becomes who he's supposed to be. If I honor him for who he is, he becomes who he's supposed to be. If I revere him for who he is and he receives the honor, he becomes who he's supposed to be. Um. We're supposed to edify. We're supposed to build up our husbands. When I edify and I build up my husband, he's able to walk in his destiny. I remember this time, and it, this, it sucked so bad, but we were at camp. Um, <clears throat> and I was, I was, I think I was like 22, and I was a camp counselor. And one of the girls in the camp room with me, she was like 21, and I don't know how she got snuck into camp as a not leader, but... You know, it's not this church, so. Um, so she was in my, she's in my room, and of course, like, I look like one of them. I still look like a teenager. This lady asked me the other day in Walmart, she said, is that your daughter? I was with Sarah. I'm like, yeah. She's like, you don't look old enough to have a daughter. You look 18. I'm like, I don't know if that's a compliment or what, but. Um, so I'm like 22. I don't look like any of the kids. I, I mean, I don't look like any of the adults. I look like one of the kids. And of course I get dress coded at camp. <laughs> that was great. And every single one of the girls in my counseling, in my, in my room, in my cabin, they all got dress coded too. And not by me, by somebody else. So I was so not ready to do this. I was so not ready to be a camp counselor. And I literally, after that, I never worked with youth until we planted a church. I told my I'm like, I'm never, ever doing youth again. I hate them. I look like them, and they don't like me either. So, um, so I forgot. So we're, 
So a little bit of a tangent, but we're in this room and um, this guy comes and um, he wants to pull all the leaders um, after his session while the kids have some free time. And he starts like prophesying to all the leaders and stuff. And um, this is the worst word from the Lord I've ever gotten in my life. It was, it was right, but it was like the worst. I seriously, it sucked so bad. So we're literally, we're in the room with all of the leaders, our youth pastors, all these youth pastors from all over our, you know, our area. We're at Foursquare Camp, and, and they're prophesying, and then they get to Zach and I, and the Zach gets this awesome word, right? Because he's Zach. It's like, you're a mighty man of God, and you have such a call on your life, and you're so awesome and so great. And then he gets to me, and he's like, um... Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, um, God is, is, um, is trying to get you to where your husband is. And, and every time your husband goes, goes forward, he's got to look back and get you and bring you up to him. And, and he's trying seriously, this is the word I got from the Lord. Right. And he's like, and, and your husband, he's moving and he's going and, and, and God is calling him and he's running the race, but he constantly has to look back and pull you to where he is. So that's the word I got from the Lord. Right. So a little bit of a rebuke. Seriously though, it rocked my world and changed my life. So sometimes those are good things because it literally made me realize what I was doing was I was not edifying my husband. I was not submitting to him. I was not standing next to him. See, submission is not when my husband stands over me. It's when we walk neck neck and neck and side by side. And I have his back and he has mine. And we're connected. See, there's a reason why God took Eve's rib, I mean Adam's rib, and gave it to Eve. Because that's the center of your being. That's from the very place that your intimacy comes with your spouse the very center of you. So now, now let me move on to the husband's role. So verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That's, that's the husband's role. Love your wives as Christ loved the church. <clears throat> Last time I checked, Jesus died on a cross for his bride. That's what Jesus did. That's the example of a husband laying their life down for their bride. Everything. How does he gave his life? And these are the, I've picked four things that I really saw in the life of Christ that I see as a husband's job. He gave his life. He loves for nothing. He remains forgiving and he's always in a good mood. See, Jesus lifts the church. Jesus lifts us up, and we're called into our destiny, right? He edifies us. He, he reigns his presence in our place. He calls pastors and, and teachers and apostles and prophets and evangelists to edify us for the work of the ministry. He lifts us up into destiny. He always gives us good things. He always gives us good gifts. That's Jesus' role to the bride. The same as a husband to a wife. Lift her up. Call her into destiny. Be the one in her life that fights for her, fights for her destiny, fights for her future, fights for her freedom. I always, um, I always like just encourage my husband and tell him, I would not be the woman that I am today without him loving me for nothing. 
without him taking all of the stuff that we came into our marriage with, all of the, the junk that you have when you walk into a relationship, any relationship, a marriage or friendship, any relationship you walk into, even when you walk into a relationship, when you walk into the walls of a church, you come in with stuff. But if we love for nothing, for nothing in return, what is God going to do with that? See, I was set free. I was delivered. I became whole and healed. And the woman that I am today, because my husband chose to love me. Because every day he said, I'm going to choose to love her. Love is not an emotion. Love is a choice. But let me tell you, that butterfly feeling, that, that, um, that feeling that you get when you're dating, it just gets better and better and better and better. Because God's love and because the Holy Spirit just can take a relationship and just make it better and better and better. <clears throat> Both roles are so equal and necessary for the entire family to fulfill what God has for them, both roles. Not one is better. A husband's not greater than a wife. A wife's not greater than her husband. They're both so equal and important to God and to the family. Men don't rule by control. They rule by love. And women, allow your husbands to lead you by love. Amen? The other thing that has to do with our family is our children. Um, if you have children, if you don't, that's okay because we're going to talk about loving our kids no matter if they're ours or not. But so many times we have a baby, and we did this in our first year of our marriage, and we had Sarah, and she just became the center of our universe. Like she was the world to us, right? But sometimes we do that with our children, and then what lacks is us. What lacks is our marriage because we've allowed our children to become the center. They're not supposed to be the center they're a part of. But at the same time, you look in the, in the world, you look at the, the society, and throughout the whole Bible, children were a promise and a blessing. Every time, they were a promise and a blessing. And now their very existence is threatened because of abortion. I mean, it was a blessing to have your quiver full. I know us and the Cartwrights have had this conversation many times, and, and um, they want more children, and, and there's even a statistic that um, if we don't have, if Christians don't have at least four kids, we're going to be overpopulized by the Muslim community, something like that. But then we can just win them all to the Lord, so it doesn't even matter how many kids we have. But, um, but let's, let's let our children become a blessing again. I remember we visited Denver. Um, Zach's sister lives there, and um, we visited maybe three years ago. Josiah was a little baby. And I remember she has twins, so there was four adults and six kids everywhere we went. A little overwhelming for a restaurant or, or, you know, an, an establishment. But I remember the feeling that I got when I went into a restaurant. It was like, the dogs and animals were more welcome than the children. And it broke my heart that society is like that because our children are, we have to cherish 
every single one of them. If we cherished our children, we wouldn't have orphan children. We wouldn't have prostituted children. We wouldn't have like children in the streets that need because we don't cherish the next generation. We don't value each and every life, each and every soul. They have a future. They have a destiny. They have purpose. If we put value in that, we put time in it. We put money in it. We put our future in it. We put our hope in it. We've got to value our babies, even if they're not ours. I have to learn that because I want to just value my four because they're the best. <clears throat> but I've got to put value in, in other people's children. I've got to put value in, in the lost children, in the orphan children. You know, I think about Heidi Baker, and she's such an awesome woman, and she gave her life to orphans. She gave her whole life to love orphans. And God is miraculously changing an entire generation, entire people group. But um, we've got to love our kids. So the last thing I want to talk about is um, order in us. Order in this. So the scripture says our spirit, soul, and body. So if our spirit's in control, I have order in in my life, right? Because if my spirit's in control, that means that my, my new man, my, my new heart, my new way is walking, <clears throat> walking with him. Not my will, not my emotions, not my body, <clears throat> but my heart that's renewed by God is chasing after him. And that's what's ruling my life. Um, the message a Bible... Uh, I I think it's Isaiah 16, 5. It says a new government of love will be established. Um, And it's talking about when the tabernacle of of David is restored to the church. And it talks about a government of love is going to be established. And I think about when I'm ruled by my spirit, I'm ruled by love. I live by love. Everything I do is for love. Everything I say is for love. Every action, every step, everything, everything is for the sake of love. Um, so I want to close and just talk about our heart and how our soul and our heart, no matter what state you find yourself in, God gives, God can make a correction this morning for you. God can make a correction if you feel like things are out of order in your life, in your family, in your home, in your heart. God will make the corrections and he'll set all things straight. In Matthew chapter 11, and I want to read this from the, um, the message translation. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Are you heavy? Do you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders? Do you feel the weight of the world crashing into you? Do you feel like, God, if I don't get a break from this heaviness, I'm going to break under it? Sometimes that happens because we take on burdens that God had never called us to take on. Because Jesus says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So if you feel heavy this morning, it's not from God. 
Sometimes our concept of God has to change in that because God is good all the time, no matter what you think, no matter what religion has taught you, no matter what you even think you read in the Bible, but God is good all the time. And that heaviness doesn't come from him. That heaviness doesn't come from God. That heaviness comes from something we pick up and we carry that God never intended us to carry. So order and peace comes from our heart set it on him and us living and being ruled by love. Let our hearts be ruled by love. Let him lift the burden. Let him destroy the, the yoke. Let him cast your cares on him. The Bible says cast your care on him because he cares for you. If I understand who he is, it's easy for me to lay it all at his feet. I don't have to pick that up. I don't have to be superwoman. I don't have to be anybody. I just have to lay it at his feet, and I am everything he wants me to be in that moment. So many times we try to live from all these different places in our life. We try to live from um, ex- be, ex- um, expectations from our parents. I think even as grown-ups, we live from expectations from our, from our parents. You have to go to this school. You've got to graduate. You've got to make this much money. Don't you know how much I paid for your school? Or how could, you know, how, I remember when, I, when we told our family we were having another baby. Um, <clears throat> actually, when I told my grandma was having my first baby, and she's not here, so I can talk about her. She, um, she gave me two lists, a list of what my life would look like with her and a list of what it looked like without her, and told me I had an option. When I, I knew in my heart I didn't, there was no option. She's like, you're so young, honey. I'm not too young. And so, and God gave me my daughter. But we have expectations put on us. And they're not meant from, they're not meant to be there. God never intended those expectations. God loves you. He lifts the burdens. He destroys the yoke. I'm going to read this scripture one more time. And I just want you to close your eyes. And I end it early, and and that's good because we have time to just spend in the presence of the Lord. Because there's nothing I can say that's better than what he says. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me, says the Lord. Get away with me. and Recover your life, and I'll show you how to take a real rest, how to have a refuge. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So easy, it's not forced. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Have rest for your soul this morning. Father, I just pray every heart, I pray every life. I'm going to, we have about 10 minutes before we have to close, so I'm going to open up the altar. And I just really feel like God wants to minister this. If you need order, if you feel like I have no peace, I have no refuge, God is saying it comes from my order. It comes from the things that I've set up for your benefit. Be connected to a house. Have have order in your home and have order in your heart and live from love. But if you're in this place this morning with every eye closed, I just want, I want you to know that there's rest for your soul. There's peace for your heart. And if you feel weighted down, if you feel heavy this morning, the presence of the Lord is here to give you rest, to lift your burden. 
So I'm going to open up the altar. And um, and I just want to pray for you if you feel like that this morning. Just come and find rest for yourself. Let the burdens be lifted. Let him destroy your yoke.
take away the storm in my heart. Your peace, it guards my heart. You are my refuge, Lord. I'm in love with you.
just left me Religion teaches me you're gonna be mad at me when you just love me and you smile You're not mad at me Daddy is smiling souls that only comes from you. Thank you for your order that brings peace and refuge in our lives. I thank you for every person in this place this morning. I pray they would understand the depths of love that you have for them. That you're always good. You're always good. And you always lift the burden and destroy the yoke. In Jesus' name. If you want to stay and worship at the front, you can. And if not, just love on the people around you and meet somebody that you haven't seen before. And we love you so much. To worship you, I live to worship. 